and even the older generation that did not have this going through school comply as well. Everyone wants to get along and get to their destination at any cost. And unfortunately, there's no indignancy in them. Most people have no indignancy whatsoever. Uh, that's not a new phenomenon. Uh, in centuries past, in high circles of power, uh, this technique of controlling the masses, the mass person who has no indignancy in them, is well understood. They go to the wall. And that's why Zygmunt Brzezinski yeah, it talked about them. Uh, they don't fight back, they just turn around and eat their dead. That's what he said. We're back with more after the following messages. and running all over the planet 
uh, having real power, by the way, uh, because that's what Carl Quigley said. He said, these people, these technocrats, as they're called, unelected technocrats, uh, wield the real power, and they're happy to know it, and it keeps them out of the limelight a lot of the time. The politicians, the front men, take the heat. They get the tomatoes thrown at them. They take the heat for what happens, but the technocrats are the big movers and shakers, and they never, as you notice, retire. They never retire. They put in 12 hours per day into their 80s and 90s. So uh, it's quite incredible to, to, to live through this your whole life, watching everything happen, knowing that the bulk of the populace around you, including your own parents when you're growing up, don't know. They don't know what's coming down on them. And they've been trained to, to, to trust, trust this, this, these ones who come out of special wombs up there somewhere above them that are altruistic and just love them and deal with all the big problems while they can play. And that's what advanced socialism really means. It means perpetual childhood for everyone because experts beyond you, above you, are dealing all with, with all the big problems. You see, that's what it's about, perpetual childhood for the, for the people underneath them. And unfortunately, lots of people like that. They like that. And if you could possibly get the airwaves of the entire planet and get them all the data showing them how this has all happened and where it's going, most of them would vote the same system right back in. Even if you, if you told them it only last a few years, they'd vote the same thing right back because it's all they know. And people who belong to the majority are terrified of taking a risk or terrified of a change. They'll do anything to stay put in, in their little world and, and play. They're terrified of change of any kind. And the technology that's dished out, as I keep telling people, was not given for your benefit. The Pentagon had the Internet long before the public were given access to it. It was designed and set up to create a world system of control. World system. Every single country and the planet. And the data on every individual, all the data will be in that computer. And they've already done uh, a simulation. They have simulated matrix worlds where they have a double of you in that world with all the data which they've already acquired on you in that person. Now they're bringing out the video games where they can monitor your brain and actually map your individual brain to put into that same structure. Now one day you'll go to sleep and you'll wake up thinking you're in the real world but it'll probably be the matrix world you're in. Quite something, isn't it? Now, here's an article that ties in with this because Barbara DeLolis in USA Today talked about this. It's also on Mark Bard's ParallelNormal.com for December the 5th. And it's to do with Continental Airlines passengers in Houston will be able to board flights using just a cell phone or personal digit, digital assistant instead of a regular boarding pass in a three-month test program launched Tuesday at Bush Intercontinental Airport. The program could expand to airlines and airports nationwide. As I say, Parallel Normal, Mark Bard's blog here, he's got a 
reporters, travelers love being scanned. That's the data they're giving you, or, or the PR, that you love being scanned. It's good for you. You like it. And it says, happy to help the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and Continental Airlines tell USA Today that customers can aid the fight against terrorism by allowing security personnel to scan their mobile phones. Continental says travelers love the convenience. Isn't that wonderful? And here you are, thought it was just about chatting, chatting to people across the world and asking them what they're buying and what they've bought and what they're going to buy and all that. And it says the Transportation Security Administration scheme to scan mobile phones instead of boarding passes strikes me as highly hackable. That's what Mark thinks. And he says, more significantly, it provides Homeland Security an excuse to point scanners at travelers' mobile devices, which often contain their personal and sensitive private information. Well, I do believe, to be honest, that mostly you won't mind, because I've heard people at checkout counters being asked personal information, and they just blurt it out like a repertoire to, to a checkout person. That's quite incredible. Or, 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 or people do polls on the phone, and, and the person sitting next to you will just blurt out all their personal data. It's just amazing. Amazing, isn't it? It says, more significantly, it provides Homeland Security an excuse to point scanners at travelers' mobile devices. This is, mark my words, this three-month pilot project is just the first of many that Homeland Security will launch to gain further access to the contents of mobile phones, even to commandeer them for intelligence and data gathering, because that's what they're really for. That's, it's, it's quite amazing. If they forced you to have a computer, if the governments gave you them all for free and forced you to have them, if they forced you to have a cell phone, you'd be suspicious. But if, they, if you make it appealing and, and you make, they make you want it and you pay for it, it doesn't dawn on you you're doing exactly what they want. It doesn't dawn on the average person at all. Not at all. So... It's fantastic. It's fantastic how people go into this. Now, I've even had emails from people who will only use PayPal or somebody. They call it secure, secure transference devices. Secure. There's nothing secure in the Internet. There's nothing secure. I just talked to someone who had their bank account cleaned out by someone in Zaire, and the person who was cleaned out lives in New York. But they still believe this, this propaganda uh, that it's secure. There's nothing secure. Britain, some of the higher levels in Britain, there, the top government uh, that deals with the public and the public information, have lost umpteen discs recently out of their whole collection with the data of millions and millions of British people. It's just gone, it's just gone somewhere. They know it's been stolen. It didn't get to its destination, put it that way. But people still think the Internet and so on has to be secure. That boggles the mind. The Pentagon had it for donkey's years. So did the Soviet Union. They shared it before the public were given this Internet. It's called a, a net, a net or a web. Now what, ha- what's a, what is a net and what is a web? You get stuck on a web. You get stuck on it. Spiders catch you on a web, you see? And a net, the fish go into it, and you pull the drawstring, and they're all caught in the net. They even use all this terminology, and sexual terminology, hard drive, a floppy, ram, and so on. They're laughing at us all the time. 
give us. But isn't it amazing, as I say, that people have no sense of indignancy anymore? People used to fight battles and have wars for the right of privacy. Privacy. That was one of the main reasons that supposedly, supposedly had the War of Independence in the United States. You see, the British troops already could walk into any home in Britain with their rifles and bayonets and go through your whole home without any warrants. And so they said they wanted privacy in their, in their own home. The day they gave it up, happily. I'm Alan Watts, and we're back with more after the following messages. and just complaining. It's been a day for complaining, shoveling snow and, and then hauling wood up a hill and so on. But uh, just looking at the general populace and how they're going along with everything as always, and it's almost like seeing the wolves encircling you and the sheep are all huddling closer and closer but pretending nothing's really happening. And that's what gets most people... And yet, everything that's happening could literally be stopped, uh, never will be, by the people themselves, but it could be stopped, whether it's high gasoline prices or all this intrusiveness, just by non-compliance. If everybody would stop driving for a day, you'd see the oil companies kick into gear and, and the prices drop right down. It's the same thing with airports. Stop going to airports, and my goodness, you'd, you'd see it clear up very, very quickly, and they'd be calling you, yes, sir, and madam again very, very quickly, no problem at all. But you'll never get the 80-odd percent of the public to go along with that, which the elite counts on. Now we've got Jason in Florida. Are you there, Jason? Uh, yes, Alan. How are you today? Not so bad. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to share with you, I went to the flea market in my local town and uh, bought two seemingly unrelated items. It was a uh, bicentennial 50-cent piece and a deck of cards. And it wasn't until I got home I realized that they had the same picture of the same goddess on them. Uh, it was Persephone. Yeah. And Persephone uh, is evidently the statue on top of the Capitol building in, in D.C. And um, I just wanted to know what that means. Um, is, does that mean Persephone is like our patron saint of the United States or... Uh, sort of, in a sense. I mean, you'd, uh, you, you, it was to do with the old goddess. It's, it's actually the nature of worship because it's to do with plants and how they die and come back up again. So they have this nice fairy tale about going into Hades to rescue the, oh. the fair damsel and bring her back to the surface. All of these old mythologies are, are actually about nature and how things grow and die by the seasons. And they gave them stories. And... Um, and how the, the nature goddess would, and her, with her daughter too, uh, she would, would, would die or go into Hades and a story of how she was rescued and brought out again and was reborn. It's all to do with nature worship to an extent. But to do with money, uh, uh, generally, even in Rome, uh, the, the mint for, for Rome was in the temple of Diana. 
So they always use female goddesses for anything to do with the earth and their control, and even call their church by the female term as well. So um, it's all to do with nature and nature's God, nature's laws, etc. They believe that at the top they run nature, in other words. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and one more thing. My girlfriend wanted me to ask you what you th- your thoughts on Eustace Mullins. I haven't heard too much of Eustace Mullins. Uh, um, someone told me, I, I, mean, I could be wrong, uh, that he was also into this sort of British Israel type thing. Is that right? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. She, she knows a lot more than I do. You, uh-huh. She just wanted to know if you knew anything about that. Um, I know there are some good historians, but they often have a twist somewhere. They go off in one of the other directions, so I can't really comment on him. Okay. Well, uh, thank you very much. Try to keep warm up there, Alan. Yep. Thanks for calling. Yep, it's been cold all right, and it's moving all that wood up a hill wasn't too pleasant either. Before I burned my dinner tonight again, and Hamish is quite happy because he ended up getting it. Now, there's Al from New York here. You there, Al? Yes, Alan. How are you doing? I'm surviving. <laughs> oh, that's good to hear. We need more people like you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have a, a, a question or a comment? Well, or? Oh, yeah, I have both a comment and a question. Um, me, uh, growing up as an African-American male, I seem to think like uh, the whole world is against Africans for some reason, or or these people in the top. Yeah. They have a special thing for Africans, or what, what's what's going on? And and my other comment is, uh, uh, or my question is, uh, the nation of Islam. What do they have to do with the Masons? I know that it's something not to write about them. Um, uh, as a young African American male, those are the only group that I thought was telling the truth for a long time until I heard about until I listened to you and now yeah. I realize that they weren't telling the whole truth. Uh, yeah, that's how you get people to follow. You tell them a good part of the truth and fill in a lot of little blanks for them and then you withhold another little part because one day you'll use them when, when, when they become useful uh, generally in conflict scenarios. And uh, Britain's an, a great example by keeping uh, they kept Northern Ireland in a state for centuries, 500 years. Uh, uh, Canada, which still runs, is run by, by Britain, um, kept Montreal in a separate state. With, with the, they can rile them up every so often when they want an internal conflict. So they always create a, a situation where they can use racial conflict, religious conflict, or, or, or ethnic conflicts, or, or even language conflicts if, if need be. And uh, anything at all, they can stir up and get people fighting each other, and then they come forward with laws which restrict everyone and, and get them further ahead with their agenda. Now, Africa, it's absolutely true. From the 1700s, they were writing about the future of Africa because they, they pictured people who were economists, big economists for the British crown, and who advised uh, diplomats and the diplomatic corps for London to do with trading and so on, uh, they had all the different uh, races marked out in order of, of preference for being saved for a future society. And John Stuart Mill and then his son who took over uh, both said that, that uh, the, the blacks who could mimic the white man's uh, ways would be allowed to survive. Those who would not would have to perish or be eliminated. And hang on, and we'll talk about more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. Even the commoners below, 
below them in the, of the same uh, species were deemed inferior. So it seemed to have been something that came in with this advent of wealth. Uh, wealth n- no longer being oats and stuff that you could eat or even tools, but wealth being what, what someone at some time invented this, this um, substitute for real wealth or real estate, which is called money or, or, or gold or silver that you could weigh out, um, that brought this entire system with it. And, and even then, they, they noticed that certain people, uh, certain tribes, didn't need that system and would not adapt to it. They were perfectly independent. And today, uh, they call them, and the sociologists and, and ethnologists and uh, we'll call them today uh, stagnant civilizations because they, they will not adapt to the white man's silly, neurotic, psychotic, dysfunctional way of working, earning money, and then being dependent on the system. So they're called arrested civilizations or stagnant civilizations because they're completely independent. Okay. So uh, th- that's one of the reasons they want to kill off any anyone who really wants to be independent and, and, and hold people's who are still independent, um, that, that's their arch enemy, really. Okay, Alan, uh, uh, my phone is going there, but I have one last question. Mm-hmm. Oh, like the Olmecs in Central America and the Mayans, they tried to have the same systems as the systems and control the population. So is, was that their downfall? They just got overthrown by the regular? Well, what, what I think in, in Latin America... Uh, I think a lot of the peoples who eventually uh, brought in the tech, well, the technology to design, the, the, the sciences to design, uh, showed uh, the pyramids and so on, showed an understanding. And, and you'll find that the reading professors in the United States that belong to Harvard, uh, Barry Fell was one of them, who, who discovered that Egyptian contact with uh, Latin America uh, and the eastern seaboard of the Americas uh, was, was what had happened thousands of years ago, and they actually uh, found Egyptian writings and ancient Iranian writings uh, in Algonquin Park here in Canada. The CBC did a, a I think, a six-part documentary special on that, where definitely the priests were here. So I think they brought the technology with them. I also think that some people who who ran the seas at those times, big traders, probably Phoenicians, transported whole peoples into Latin America. But I, I think the people eventually who who ran uh, the big civilizations in Latin America left, to be honest with you. And those who they brought in uh, to serve them were left, and they didn't have the sciences to keep it all going. Uh, that's what I suspect. Uh, they, they almost mimicked what they'd seen happen to do with sacrifices and so on, but they couldn't really explain it as to why they did it. Someone taught them at one time, but I think they probably pulled out. They definitely had contact uh, America B.C. People should try and get that book, America B.C., by uh, Professor Barry Fell. Excellent one to read. There's other, another couple that he made as well on that topic. And the big boys don't want to even talk about it, even though they've found um, coins that were minted in ancient Rome uh, on the eastern seaboard. They found different coins of different countries going back 2,000 years. It's a very interesting topic. Now, we've also got Dan from Pennsylvania. Are you there, Dan? How are you doing? Not so bad. 
Yeah, I'm not so bad. I'm a little sore myself from cutting and splitting wood down oh, here. Oh, you too, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, it's nice to not use oil when you can, so. Yes, I know. I, know. I think you have a great show tonight, and uh, what do you think of the book King Rat as well as the movie? It, it kind of shows society yeah. uh, with the psychopath running the show at the top. Yes, yeah, you, you've got it right on, and that's, that's exactly it. The psychopaths in this particular type of system, they thrive. This is their system. We have the key, in fact, that this is their system because they give you traditionally a psychopathic culture of dog-eat-dog and, and a few winners and lots of losers, and we're taught that this is normal society. So we're, we, we have a society created by psychopaths that serve the psychopaths and they, they can only win in this particular system since they run the whole system, the money, uh, the fraudulent banking, and, and the con games of money. They, they run the whole show. Um, yeah, they can't help but succeed, yeah. We certainly see the con game of money with the mortgage uh, paper debt all over the place today. It, it, it doesn't even have to be paper. I mean, money itself is a con. Oh, oh no, I, I understand. I'm a, yeah. I'm, I'm a follower of you, and I agree, but... It scares me about King Rat because yes. mm -hmm. people were in prison and mm -hmm. they were still belonging to the old system. Yeah. And it it just blows my mind because I don't think there's much hope for the general population. I think there's a small group mm -hmm. that will see and be able to understand what the psychopaths are doing. But, yeah, history has always been deflected, at least deflected from the system by uh, the few and the masses go along whichever way it happened. Whoever wins in the end, that's who they follow uh, blindly. They don't ask money questions and take everything for granted. But you're right, most people, I think, are going to go down with the system. Um, they're too selfish. And, and, and here's another thing to ponder. Uh, it isn't necessarily there's just too, too few good people in the world today. Uh, I've often wondered if there's too many bad people mm. in the world today because there's so many psychopathic types out there who are so selfish, so into themselves. It's me, me, me. Yes, uh, they, I, think, they, they, yeah. I think the system breeds onto itself, of course. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's it's strange when you get out of the system. And uh, I was fortunate enough to go sailing not long ago, and I got out of the system um, a couple different ways, one by destroying my cell phone, and uh, completely removing it, and I felt different after I got away from that, yeah. as as well as the internet. When when you get away from it, you start to get your independence back in a yes. strange way. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess uh, you know we just keep throwing the the pebbles in the pond, as you say, and and get get the ripples going. I have seen some results, and yeah. I do keep pointing to your site. So keep up the great work, and uh, and wow, just. Uh, what an education you provide. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling. Take care. Now we've got Tim in uh, North Carolina. Hello? Hey, Alan. Yes, go ahead. Uh, I was wondering, uh, you know, I got your stuff in the mail and everything, and uh -huh. uh, I, I tried reading it. I've got to read it again because it's a little difficult the first time around, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've noticed I've started looking at words different. Yeah, you know, and uh, I'm looking on TV right now. Yeah, yeah, I still look at it, but uh, I don't let it program me. But uh, it's just like the word they got breaking news up in. When I look at the word breaking, I see you know a king in it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a subliminal. A lot of these words have other words in them, and if you look at them real good, you'll see it. Yeah. Is that part of the programming? It's part of the programming. You'd be surprised uh, how many words are out there that, that have that contain inner words. Your subconscious reads the inner words as well and help, that helps to program you, and you don't even think about it, you know. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, even even with the way the, the string, remember that every every letter is a symbol, right? And your subconscious understands symbology, and it can actually you can actually program people through symbology uh, when they're looking at pictures or shapes or symbols, and that's what writing and reading really comes down to. And uh, the average person can can write basically. It's getting worse with every generation now, but they can write. And they call it spelling because it puts you under a spell. That's why it's right under that in the dictionary, spelling and spell. Look at the two right. of them. It casts a spell over your mind because uh, even even John Dee um, uh, put out a big book on that. It's full of Masonic coding or a Rosicrucian, real Rosicrucian, not that the Jokers are out today pretending they're Rosicrucian. But it was a real. It was all to do with coding under the guise of calling spirits down. If you understand uh, the symbology of the letters and the way he strings them together, he's showing you codes, and that's how they used to communicate with each other. However, we can also be programmed by codes, and that's what newspapers are. Uh, the programming uh, uh, methods, especially when they couple pictures next to a big headline, which can often make you believe the opposite of the headline, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. It's all to do with the way it's strung together. Yeah, well, it, it seems like to me when I when I look at the symbols and I understand some of the symbols, and then you you can pick out the symbols in the word sometimes. Yes, they'll actually you know it'll be in it. Yeah, I mean it's pretty plain actually. That's right. If you look at just even even uh, um, many symbols today have a have a horizontal line and above it is is a capital M, and so you have two pyramids over a line, but it's also a 13 on its side, that's what it is, like McDonald's, big right, McDonald's. Right. So you're seeing a 13 and you turn it up again, it's 13, but it's also a B, the, the letter B as well, you see. Yeah, and and, yeah, and right. you can actually break, break down the letters, in, and I put it in that in my books, how this is done. And um, yeah. so letters are also numbers as well, if you understand how to read them. Yeah, I was uh, reading about the defense, and uh, I got to go back over it all because it's a lot to take in the first time around. Yes, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm following it pretty good. I, I've got the big picture of it anyway. I've got the, uh, you know, I, I think I know how it really works. The how the orders control it all. Yes, but uh, at the same time, I like the, you know, you you pick up the details later once you know what's happening. You can start seeing it when they, even when they make speeches on TV, you can you can start reading through it pretty easy. Yes, they make very good speeches if you know what they're actually saying. And when you when you do, it, it, it can be scary because you really hear what they're really saying. That's right. That's right. You say, you said it. That's that's just uh, it's it's amazing. It's amazing when you know. I always thought something was wrong because I came up very poor, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I knew something wasn't right too. But yeah. n- no one ever told me. How it really worked, and and I heard you on the uh, the reality check, you know, the one that you had up on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, and the first time around, I said this guy's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. But then I go back and I listen to it. It was probably five times. Yeah. And I said, no, he's not crazy. He knows exactly what he's. And 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 really, the first time I heard it, I said, that's it. Yeah. 
I said, that's it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I listened to all your blurbs. I downloaded most of your stuff on the website, I think, just about everything. Yeah. Uh, so now I'm going – I read the book first, but I'm going back through the, the CDs now. Yes. Because I heard you explaining the sound and all that, and I knew I'd read that in the book. And, and, and But the, the, the CDs, i got to get the – got to do something with the sounds a little, little – you know, I don't know if it was the mic y'all was on or what. It's a little, little tough to hear it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and it was also in shortwave, too, so it wasn't the best reception. That was taken from shortwave radio international. Have you ever thought about uh, just going back through the book and then doing some audio, doing the audio as you go through the book? Yeah, I'm going to put out a lot more. I hope if I can get time to, to uh, on symbology and languages, etc. Because you find the same coding that's all through every other language as well. That's the interesting part. <laughs> Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting stuff, and if you come out with something new, I would, uh, I'm sure, purchase it, uh, Alan. Yeah, yeah. And also, you'll notice too, the upgrade language is always at the same time. Yeah, I, I, I remember you said that. Yeah, they brought Shakespeare out and the King James Bible, and it basically created what we think of as the English language, because before that they were speaking a form of Old Saxon German. And they were doing the same thing in Germany, too, creating High German. Luther's book brought out what they now called High German. So every country was being upgraded in Europe at the same time in their language by the same priesthoods. <laughs> uh, some, they, they, you know, it's amazing that they were that organized, isn't it? Yeah, well, they'd already been around for thousands of years. Yep, and they got the archives, right? They have the archives of information, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks, Alan. Thanks for calling. They go Klaus in Iowa. Yes, Klaus. Yes, yes, Klaus here. How are you tonight? Not so bad. I'll tell you, hold on, Klaus. We'll be back after the break. I am here. And yes, how's every, how are you doing? I'm just relaxing after humping wood up a hill. <laughs> <laughs> I had two uh, items I wanted to kind of bring to your attention. They're a little bit disparate, but they do relate to every a lot of the stuff that you're talking about. Um, number one, you had uh, mentioned something about uh, uh, people and societies being independent, and that is not what the powers that be like to have, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you aware, have you uh, seen the book called The Law of the Somalis? The Somalis? No, yes. no not that one, no. Uh, are you familiar with Somalia in, in yeah. Africa? Yeah. Are you familiar with the fact that they have no central government? Yeah. And that they are working basically on customary law? That's right. That's right. There's even people in Iran, tribes that move through there are very similar to that, in fact, yeah. Right. Well, I would recommend, if you have, a, if you have an opportunity to get hold of this book, it's by Michael Van Noten. Mm-hmm. And this book is, was print, published in 2005. It's a fairly new book. It's an incredible exposition of the, of the study of their laws and the whole system that they go by. Yeah, uh, the family, the clan, and all various levels. Mm-hmm. And that, that's how you see. That's how all even Europe used to be. Yes, 
you didn't have a whole series of lawyers or, or, or words that you couldn't understand. They were very simple, very basic. Everyone knew that the cultural laws and our rules, as they called them, and, right. and there was no problem. Uh, our, our whole system was taken over on behalf of the elite by yeah. uh, this, this fake legal system. Yeah, and it, 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 it kind of stems from the old biblical concepts of the tens, the hundreds, the thousands. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And <clears throat> the, uh, 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 Michael Van Noten was very, very interesting. He's a, he was a Dutch lawyer and attorney from the Netherlands. Yeah. He died in 2002. Someone by the name of Spencer Heath McCallum took his work and published and edited and published it. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is he had spent the last 12 years of his life living with the Klan because he had married into one of the clans. Mm -hmm. And a fascinating story, just absolutely fascinating. And uh, it's a a marvelous, marvelous book and how how they basically, he describes the fact that when you have central government, democracy, quote-unquote, and so yeah. forth, it is totally destructive of the civilization. You become a slave. Absolutely. That's all it is. It's a cover for, I mean, Charles Galton Darwin said it. He says we're creating a new, more sophisticated form of slavery. And that's yeah. exactly what democracy is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, anyway, I really recommend the book if you have a chance to read it. He's also got a, a, a really beautiful appendix in here uh, called the... Uh, uh, the Freeport clan, the pl- uh, kind of a, uh, an overall viewpoint of developing a Freeport city, but mm-hmm. in the clan system, uh, it's just, just an amazing concept. Well, that's it for me and uh, Hamish from Ontario, Canada tonight. And may your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>